Hello everyone. Thanks for tuning in. You are listening again to Crash the UK Geek Show. This is episode 281, recorded on Friday the 30th of August 2019 at 22.41.46. I have just watched the news on television. Not the greatest experience. I have put my phone in airplane mode and I'm ready to talk all things geek. And just before we start, I wanted to... Well, really, it seems a bit self-serving now that I'm looking at my notes. But I wanted to briefly mention why I think this is worth listening to. At the moment, our unelected Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, is trying to con the UK into crashing out of the EU. Fires are raging in the Amazon. And quite brave pro-democracy protesters in Hong Kong are being intimidated. Where am I going with this? Well, let's not forget those things. They are extremely important. But I think every now and then it's also good to take a little break so that we can talk about geek. I would call this probably the smallest summer holiday in existence. That's a nice way of putting it. And if you are a listener, rather than just reading the show notes, and I sincerely hope that you are, I've even gone so far as rearranging the topics in this episode so that they are in a different order and that we end on a high and more cheerful note. And before we start the show, just a few other announcements. Please don't expect too much movie chat at the moment. That is because I have missed too many of the new releases, and I'm really going to have to wait until the DVD release dates for a lot of movies. On the other hand, as we're not going to be talking that much about film in the near future, it does mean that there is going to be more time for Doctor Who. Yes, we are returning to the Doctor Who specific episodes, and also talking more about books and comics, as befits a geek podcast. And of course tech, as we usually do which isn't always evident from the description of this podcast, because you have to either look at the very long extended title towards the end or the end of the description to know that a substantial chunk of this podcast is about tech. And also, if you're a new listener, I do try to give the podcast a UK slant. That was a lot of waffle. Let's talk about one last pre-show topic before going into talking about geeky culture type things. Coffee. As you may or may not know, I am 
a huge imbiber of the black stuff. And I also have IBS, which has made it difficult to drink coffee recently. For a few months, actually. The other day, with my stomach seemingly getting better, I made a full pot of Sumatra ground coffee to celebrate. And by full pot, I mean I filled the glass pot of my huge office-sized percolator right to the brim. And if you believe what it says on the side of the percolator, that is enough for 10 cups. But let me tell you, that's not true. One large Roy-sized cup drains about three measures of what the percolator pot graduations on the side seem to think is enough for three cups. I don't know where they get these measurements from. Maybe, I don't know, people are filling up tiny novelty My Little Pony cups or something. But anyway, I made myself a humongous industrial-sized mug of coffee, and it was absolutely glorious. It was a religious experience. I heard angels sing as I quaffed the nectar. And I was okay. But not today. Today I was not okay, which meant that the rest of my coffee remained in the fridge. And by the way, you can do that. If you make yourself a full pot of coffee using a percolator, just make it average strength, then put the rest in the fridge during the rest of your week, that flavour will develop and the coffee will get darker by itself. And you'll end up with quite strong coffee. It's a sort of half-cold brew method. But enough chit-chat. Although I could talk about coffee a bit more. But no, we'll carry on. And we'll start with the most annoying thing that's annoyed me today. And that is my ongoing joust with BT. I have been having trouble with BT, if you've been listening to this podcast. Specifically their Infinity service. This is update 3. And I've been tracking the latest repair of fiber internet non-service that I've been getting. The repair was several days late, and when I checked, after a night of constant disconnections, that was on the 29th, oh, look, that was yesterday, I found out that, according to BT, I had reported that the fault was now fixed. Which was weird, because of course I never did. Let's just assume that I have a phantom twin out there somewhere. And this is the last straw. I do get high speeds, but the connections can be very flaky. I've noticed particularly at night and early in the morning, it can completely cut out over and over and over and over. Well, you get the point. It just keeps happening. 
And because I have odd sleeping hours anyway, this can be incredibly frustrating because I can be doing work, I can be podcasting, and then suddenly, no internet. So I have since started a formal complaint procedure. It's just so annoying. And it's completely unacceptable. I don't really know what to do apart from maybe escalating this from a complaint to going the full legal route and contacting the industry ombudsman. There is one, believe it or not. But I really need my internet service. Perhaps I could look at another ISP, but the problem with that is most of them, apart from Vodafone, which isn't yet available to me, but I've talked about that on many previous podcasts. Yeah, most of the other ISPs are using BT's OpenReach infrastructure, so I can't see how swapping provider will help. I partly blame myself. I knew there would be some trouble when I took up their offer of moving my contract from ordinary ADSL to Fiverr, because my ADSL service was never great. But I wasn't expecting quite this level of unreliability from Fiverr. It is absolutely pants. If you're having similar problems, and I know you are, because satisfaction with BT is very, very low in the UK. And they are a monopoly. And... Yeah, let's just move on to something still annoying, but moderately less annoying than BT. And as you've noticed, I started off with technology, which is something I usually talk last about, because I wanted to start off with the most annoying thing and work my way up to the best things that I can think of that aren't annoying at all and are, in fact, joy producing. (laughs) So not quite as rage-inducing as BT, but not great. I watched Too Old to Die Young. This is an Amazon TV drama about a dirty modern-day sheriff's office deputy who is murdered and then how his equally dirty partner deals with the fallout from that murder. In tone, I found it to be somewhere in the region of David Lynch light, that quirky, sinister, but cool atmosphere you get in David Lynch films, which I'm very much a fan of. Unfortunately, I also found it to be as, and I'm quoting directly from my notes here, slow as frozen molasses. That slow. I couldn't even make it through one whole episode. This, I think, is what happens when a creator gets too much latitude. We know that when Nicholas Winding Refn... Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, but it's a Danish name and I'm not completely familiar with the pronunciation. Maybe I should have figured out how to pronounce that before I started this podcast. But you know the guy. The guy behind 
Drive and Neon Demon, both brilliant films that I really enjoyed and talked about in this podcast. Yeah, when he is disciplined into making something with a reasonable runtime for a standard movie, although that can vary wildly these days, he's a great creator. Here, what I thought was going to be a promising, sleazy, pulpy noir becomes this stodgy, thick, gooey porridge. It's just unbearably lumpen. It feels like the pace hardly moves at all. And yeah, without the constraints of the movie format and being allowed to do whatever he wants, I'm assuming by Amazon, because they got this great creator and thought, let's see what he can do. Well, he made this. Honestly, it's not his fault alone. I also think that renowned comic book creator, Ed Brubaker, who I've had words before, unfortunately, but that shouldn't negate the fact that he is a good comic book writer. But here, maybe he should also take some of the blame. Although there's lots of long pauses in the script, and I'm not sure whether that's down to Ed Brubaker's script, which he co-wrote with Refern, or the directing script, which may have been different. Anyway, yeah, I did not enjoy Too Old to Die Young. It is a great disappointment, because it looks exactly the kind of thing that I would enjoy if the direction was a little different. Maybe streamline, maybe crank up the pace. Actually, not maybe. That is exactly what needed to happen. Like I said, I will get happier as we progress through this episode. I wasn't really even aware of conferences by Disney, Disney conferences. I didn't know they happened, and I only found out that they happened today. And when I googled it, I found out that Disney has a conference twice a year. At the latest one, D23, there was some news of interest to Star Wars geeks like me and you. And it really isn't a surprise that I didn't know about this, because <laughs> it's only been recently that Disney now own everything. They own the entire breadth of geekdom, it appears. Because that's the case, I now have a vested interest in learning about their conferences. And yeah, back to that Star Wars news. Ewan McGregor in D23 talked about the upcoming, as yet untitled, Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show that will be airing on Disney+. Plus. It will start filming next year and is set eight years after the events at the end of Revenge of the Sith and before he ages into Alec Guinness in A New Hope. I have very little that I want to say about this. I suppose I will check it out, but whether it's something for me, I'm not that sure. We already know where things are going, and yeah, I'm not sure I want to know that much more about Obi-Wan. 
Although he was one of the best things about the <laughs> abysmal Phantom Menace trilogy. We now move on to the Rogue One prequel, which was also mentioned in D23. Again, this is another as-yet-untitled TV show on Disney+, Plus with Diego Luna and Alan Tudyk, respectively reprising their roles as Cassian Andor and the very funny <laughs> droid K-250. Filming will start in London next year. Let's move on to something that I will definitely, definitely, definitely be watching once it's released. And that is The Mandalorian. Much as I hate trailers, and you must know how much I hate trailers because I always talk about how much I hate trailers, and then I go and watch them anyway. My resolve, as usual, crumbled in the face of what I'm going to blame on the Force. I watched both new Disney D23 Star Wars trailers, The Mandalorian, and, as we'll talk about soon, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. And the latest trailer for The Mandalorian is just so, so cool. Stormtroopers, helmets on spikes. Death Troopers, garbed in black. Shiny, shiny black. Gunslinger androids. Dust. And presumably tumbleweed. Please let there be tumbleweed. I'm casting my mind back to earlier trailers and I swear there was tumbleweed. <laughs> so yeah, tumbleweed is vital to the happiness of Roy and also Werner Herzog. I forgive you, Werner, for Nosferatu, the vampire. 1979, it was pants. Every author is allowed one stinker. But yeah, seeing the great director, Werner Herzog, really getting into this role, which I think must be a throwback to the Jack Reacher film, where he played a really great villain, and he's got that wonderful gravelly voice. And it's nice to see an older actor, director, author, creator, man of cinema, in this movie. It all looks, needless to say, absolutely wonderful. And though I never liked the oldie-timey westerns, I'm okay with space western and grit and spaghetti, which this all seems to have, and I'm so looking forward to this. The show will be available to stream via Disney Plus from November the 12th, and I'm certainly going to be watching this. If this section has piqued your desire for more great sci-fi westerns, one of the best is a novel called Santiago. Colon, a myth of the far future from 1986. And that is way before they started using the colon in cinema. It is a novel by prolific, incredibly prolific, actually, 
sci-fi author Mike Resnick. It is a very rich, full, and violent saga about space bounty hunters. It should appeal to any fan of The Fet, or indeed Firefly. That is my recommendation. Go and look for a book called Santiago, A Myth of the Far Future by Mike Resnick. I read it the year it came out, back in 1986. It seems incredible that I read it so long ago. But yeah, it was that long ago. Ugh, the years, they just disappear, don't they? No, 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 no. What are you doing, Roy? Keep the happiness up. Sorry, sorry for that momentary lapse. Let's crank up the joy and talk about Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. This was the second D23 trailer that I was forced to watch, forced by my own weakness to watch, because I just can't wait till this movie comes out. And in this latest trailer, I actually, literally, truthfully screamed. It came out like this. And I'm sorry if I'm going to blow out my mic with this dramatic reconstruction, but I'll try. It came out like this. <coughs> yes, it wasn't the most manly of sounds, but I think I'm excused. What do you expect would happen when a Sith-like Ray flipped her double-bladed lightsaber into staff mode? I had to scream. And there was no cynicism, no irony, no dramatic irony, otherwise known as sarcasm. I am just so looking forward to seeing this for Christmas. And I don't care if I have to see it on my own. It is going to be so good. We also have the mysteries of that incredible armada of Black Star Destroyers. The final revelation of Ray's origin. We have both those things to look forward to, and please do not let me down on finding out where Ray is from, JJ. Don't do it. Then there's also seeing Finn, Poe, R2-D2, C-3PO, Chewie, Leah, and Luke again. Yes, of course, Carrie Fisher is deceased but apparently they will be using unused footage and maybe, I suppose, CGI, but I hope it's just unused footage because the state of CGI in these new Star Wars movies to resurrect old characters like Peter Cushing playing Grand Moth Tarkin and a younger Carrie Fisher has not been great. So I hope they minimise that kind of CGI. But yeah, it will be nice to see Carrie Fisher one last time. And Luke, who ascended in the last movie. After all, the film is called The Rise of Skywalker, so I'm assuming we will see Force Ghost Luke again. As... This is the end of Luke Skywalker's story that began in 1977. This movie has a very special resonance for me. My mum took me to see the first movie, 
It was one of the high points of my life. I'm choking up just thinking about it. After this, The Rise of Skywalker, the movies will contain none of the original actors, I'm assuming. And though I will probably follow the movies until the day I die, it is a very important milestone. I'm pretty sure I'll cry as the end credits roll. Yes, that was a little break in my voice there, getting emotional. Ah, and that's coming Christmas this year. Whew. Let's move on to the last thing that I'm going to talk about this week in media, and that is the movie Ad Astra. I rewatched the clip to this upcoming sci-fi movie. I think earlier today, very early this morning, in between those BT Infinity interruptions. And I'm looking forward to seeing this retro-looking sci-fi thriller starring and produced by Brad Pitt. It looks amazing. If the trailer accurately reflects the content of the film, and they don't always do that, sometimes the trailers are far better than the film, but if it does, then it hits all the right marks for me. It looks like something that will definitely appeal to me. I'm totally into that retro sci-fi look. Really, if you haven't seen the Ad Astra trailer yet, seek it out. It might have been eclipsed by a lot of other movies and a lot of the other Star Wars news lately, so I am assuming many people have not seen it. But yeah, you will probably like it if you are a bit like me. The film opens on September the 20th and may very well be the last movie of the year I see at the cinema because who can afford to go to the cinema that much before the rise of Skywalker at the end of the year. And that is Ad Astra. And that, unbelievably, is it. Next time on Crash, we will have a Doctor Who-specific episode. Yes, we are getting back to the amazing rewatch. We are sailing back to Revisit Reef. It's amazing that I even remember that I'm now calling it Revisit Reef. And that should be fun. And that's it for now. The show that you are listening to is produced, presented, and edited by me, Roy Martha, a writer. Martha is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch by going to RoyMartha.com. For further reading, there's a link to the show notes in the description of this episode. If you want to help, please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen and recommend it to a friend. I find that iTunes reviews are probably more useful than reviews on other platforms, but wherever you can review it or big me up a little, I appreciate it. You were listening to CRASH, which is the acronym, in case you've forgotten, to the incredibly embarrassing title... Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show. There is a story behind that. 
It is even more embarrassing and geeky. This is the UK podcast for the culture geek, technology nerd and creative wizard. You were listening to episode 281, recorded on Friday the 30th of August 2019, and the time at the end of the show is 23.18.26. I have a lot of editing to do, and that means this podcast will probably be out tomorrow. Until the next episode, thanks for listening, and bye-bye for now. Bye!